welcome to The Divorce Social with me, Samantha Baines, changing the conversation around divorce. This show is sponsored by Penguin in the Room. Penguin in the Room is an award-winning arts, marketing and social media management company. If you want to jazz up your socials and have someone Instagram and tweet for you, then here's your answer. Go to www.penguinintheroom.com. As always, hit subscribe to make sure you're updated about new episodes. And we love to hear from you on social media at DivorcePod and at Samantha Baines. You can also email us all the infos on our website, thedivorcesocial.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. I am joined by Alicia Williams, gravestone cleaner. Hello. Oh, thank you for having me. Well, I'm so excited to have you on because I discovered you in a video on Instagram. Um, and I watched a video about your gravestone cleaning, which we're going to talk more about and which I was fascinated by anyway. And then in the video, you said you started it because of your divorce. And I was like, I have to get this woman on, on my podcast. Um, so let's go right back to the divorce itself. So how long ago were you divorced? Um, well, we first separated in the summer of 2013 and the divorce took altogether two and a half years. And then as soon as the divorce was final, he went right back to court and started right back up again. So, um, altogether, I think it was about five years in court. Five years is a long, what mine has taken. I'm newly officially got the final paperwork divorced. Mm -hmm. Um, but mine has taken, yeah, just over two years and I was getting to the end of my tether with that. So five years must've been a, yeah, the divorce itself took two and a half, but, uh, it was just, I honestly felt a little abused by the system. So what was that process? like for you? Because I felt like the divorce was like hanging over my head a little bit and I couldn't move on until I got that paperwork. Did you find that? I was in a really horrible place. Um, I lost uh, because we lost our you know our home. We had to move out of our home. Um, my my kid, we lost things and items. I had to move in with my mother. Um, I really don't know um, how I found a way to get through it, honestly, because it just kind of feels like I was swimming through mud. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. There's so much ugliness and hostility that um, 
you know, on both parts, but, you know, I felt really reactive. So <laughs> that was the hard thing for me. So how old were you, do you mind me asking, when you were separated? Yeah. So the bulk of my thirties, um, I feel like I aged 20 years in that time. <laughs> and so you're in your maybe early thirties and moving back in mm -hmm. with your mom. Yeah. How, how was that emotionally for you? It was really hard because, um, I didn't have the best childhood. So I was going back to an environment where I wasn't necessarily going to see, receive healthy support. And, um, it was really, really hard. It was a huge adjustment. You know, I had been away from my hometown for the better part of 10 years and being back home and not having any freedom to like, you know, cook a meal or discipline my children as necessary, or even let them play freely. It was really hard. Cause you, you say you had your children as well. So did they move back with you? Was there a custody share situation? They left with me. We left Florida. I left with the children and he stayed in Florida and moved on with his life while we established things up here. And it was about, um, I guess we'd been here about three months and I drew a line in the sand and then he responded with, okay, now we'll just file for divorce. And then it was the custody battle that ensued. So at that point, you know, though the kids and I had already left, there was no longer a marital home. It had already been sold. So, um, yeah, it, and then it just, spiraled out of control. <laughs> wow. That sounds really tough. Do you remember, I, I always talk about on the podcast, one of my hardest memories is sitting on my mum's kitchen floor and just sobbing. Do you remember one of your lowest moments? Um, yes, I do. <laughs> there were so many low moments. Um, the first Christmas we were separated and just getting going in court. Um, at, at the advice of my attorney, I went ahead and let the four children go spend the holiday, Christmas holiday with him in Florida. And he returned my three sons, but not my daughter. And it took me close to three months before I got her back. Um, and I don't remember much of that time, but that, um, that was the, still to this day, I, I have, I think I have trauma from that. Um, Lots of other stuff happened, but that was probably the first and most significant, like, smack in the face for me that, like, this is not going to be nice. This is going to be really, really ugly. Wow. I'm so sorry you went through that, but you seem in a much better place now. Um, and, and the reason, the, well, the way I discovered you is through your gravestone cleaning. So can you explain how you came to that as a way to kind of deal with what you were going through? I have been a genealogist since I was a teenager. I've just really loved looking into family history and, and things like that. And, um, while I was adjusting to my kids spending their summers in Florida with their dad, um, I really dove into the research and, you know, tried to focus it on specific families and things. And one day I came across someone else cleaning a gravestone and like, I didn't know this was a thing. So um, I did some research on how to go about doing it, the proper methods and procedures and things like that. And um, just went with it. And I, it was at a point where 
the ensuing custody battle at post-divorce um, was really, really ugly and volatile. And I really felt like I was at war with the world. I felt like everywhere I turned, I was greeting an enemy. I was so reactive to everything and everyone in not healthy ways. And um, it just kind of spoke to me. I don't know how to really describe it. It was just like, I don't know, saw stars, I guess, maybe, but um, bought the stuff and I went out one day. I remember I had I got the kit and it rained for a straight week and I was like just chomping to go out there and do it. And once I did, I felt uh, I, I felt myself smile, you know, for the, while my kids were gone. And that was not something that I was used to. So I wanted to get up the next day to do it again. And and, you know, I had spent so much time just laying there missing them and trying to adjust to my new normal that uh, it just, yeah, just kind of fell into my lap. Wow. It's so amazing that you were able to find something like that to kind of (laughs) at that time. And so I'm really interested in that. So you're interested in the genealogy and so you're sitting at home researching. So why were you in the graveyard in the first place? Do you remember? There's a website called findagrave.com where people upload um, cemetery data and obituaries and things like that. And um, through the research, I, you know, got onto a page on find a grave and saw two different pictures. Um, One, one was the marker dirty and one was the marker clean and saw, you know, like, Oh, I've never, I didn't think this was a thing and then saw someone else cleaning it. And that's kind of the path it took. And and is there like a community of people who do this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a big community of people. In, in America, I think some countries, like I know in England, there are lichen laws and things like that. Some of the, the things that I scrape off are protected. But yeah, there's a huge community of people that do it. And what I do is on such a small scale. I mean, I'm, you know, there are people who clean hundreds of stone and stones in a week and they repair them and they do entire cemeteries. But for me, it's just really been about the healing process for me, not so much, um, you know, getting as many done as I can. And I really like taking the time to relish in the person that's beneath me. Um, and and learning about who they are. Yeah, it's amazing that such a a kind of research based hobby for you has now merged with this kind of practical thing that you can do. And and why do you think it's been healing for you? I don't really know. Um, I think the biggest thing is that it gave me something to do. It gave me something to do where I wasn't stuck in my house, um, laying in my bed, and you know, stagnant. And it's so easy to sink into a hole, especially, you know, when you're sharing custody of your children and, you know, it's just such a, and they're little kids, you know, I was having to face not seeing my kid on his birthday, you know, or I just um, really needed something that made me feel good inside. And every time I washed something off, every time I saw it come clean or new, it gave me hope that there was a chance I could do it for myself. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, do you think there was something, there's something about kind of cleaning someone's stone and kind of looking after 
that person almost by doing it that kind of then looks after you and cleans you a little bit yes oh yes um I feel protective of them I feel but I feel like almost like they're a part of me in some way um I really can't describe it though it's it's it just brings me such peace every day. You know, it's like there's something there, always there for me to take care of, even if my kids aren't here with me. So it was such a big part of my identity being a mom when you're, and especially if you're a stay at home parent. And, and my kids, my younger three came in four years, just under four years. So wow, I was drained for a long time and exhausted. And then all of a sudden I wasn't. And, you know, the depression is so, is the cloud can really take over if you're not careful. And were, were there other things that you did in that time for the depression or was it mainly focused on the stone cleaning? I did go back to school and um, earn some, you know, more certifications and things. I tried to just occupy my mind. And even though I had all these people you know, telling me you're a terrible mother, you're a terrible person, you know, you don't deserve your children, you know, and it was just as ugly as you could ever imagine. Um, I was doing things like I had a 4.0, you know, I would go to class, excuse myself from class because my case was in one state and in the state of Florida and I live in the state of Virginia. So I testified by phone in the middle of class, excuse myself, go testify for hearing, come back to class, take a test. I didn't have time to wallow. I just made a decision to keep myself busy and keep my mind active. But I also allowed myself to sob when I needed it and cry and, and mourn and grieve. And I still do, you know, as much as I know the divorce was the right thing and the healthy thing. Um, I still grieve for what was lost, you know, so I, I didn't get married and have four children with someone with the intention of it to be this way. I think that's so important as well to allow yourself to grieve because I think, you know, I'm two and a half years in just have the official piece of paper and I feel like the world expects me to be fine now yeah. and let's move on and that's behind me. And, and, and I do feel a lot better for all those things, but also, you know, there are those times where, you know, a tiny thing can set you off. And I think oh, yeah. sometimes it's hard to allow yourself to have a little cry because you're like, no, I have to be upbeat and, you know, move on. Oh, right. Yeah. And I still, to this day, to this day, they it's still the same battle on that end. You know, the, the only difference is, is I can, I can tell where I'm at in my healing because now instead of it affecting me and me being reactive to the hurtful things that are said and done, you know, that's on them. I just feel sorry for my children now. So that's the challenge is trying to help them come to terms with how they feel and rationalize what they go through as a result of it. Well, it sounds like you've come a long way. I feel like I have. <laughs> yeah. And you're still um, stone cleaning. So how how long ago did that start and how often do you do it? Um, started about three years ago. Uh, it's a seasonal activity. I can't do it in the winter time. So when the weather's warm, if I can, I go every day. <laughs> Even if it's just for to clean one marker, sometimes I I just go to walk around, and sometimes I just go to sit, um, especially in the winter months. 
because it's where I find my peace. You know, um, with a with a pandemic, like where I live, um, everything shut down. Even the parks, we couldn't take my kids to it for a picnic, but I could take them to the cemetery and they could walk around and explore and no one was there. So <laughs> there's a certain time that I like to do it, you know, but um, a time of day, I prefer going first thing in the morning. A lot of people don't realize that most graves face east. Um, the idea is that, you know, when Christ returned to earth, that, you know, they're facing the sun to come up to be resurrected. And, it's just, uh, and when I learned that, I you know started paying attention. Sure enough, almost every grave is turned to face the rising sun. So that's my favorite time of day to go. There's just something really, I don't know, just magical about that sunrise while the, you know, you're sitting there washing the dirt off of you know, a hundred year old marker. When you go to the graveyard, are there specific stones that you look for to clean? Yes and no. I kind of walk around uh, for lack of a better term. Sometimes I, um, they just call out to me. I guess if I'm drawn to one more than the other, I would say the ones that stand alone and they're very easy to find. I mean, you know, they just sit alone and there's no one else around them. And I always wonder why there's something intriguing to me about those individuals. And most of the time, those are the ones that have the most interesting stories. So, um, because yes, they, they've just somehow ended up here, um, or were passing through and died here or, um, came here later in life. And, you know, they don't have any other family, you know, um, there's several babies from long ago whose parents came through our area and baby got sick and baby was buried here, but the family had to move on. So those are the ones I probably am drawn to more than any. And when do you start researching the person? Uh, some, it depends. Um, I'd say most of the time I clean the marker first, uh, but where I live, um, I have lines of my family that have been here since um, the revolution. So a lot of these people are connected to my family tree somehow. So they might not already be in there, but after I clean them and pull up a record, I'm like, Oh, that's where you fit. And then I'm able to go into my tree and put them in there. So, so you must have a huge family tree now. I do. I do. Uh, I, I try to focus more on its accuracy than the numbers, but it's, it's pretty large. I think I've got like 12,000 in it so far. So, wow. Yeah. It's strange because some people would say, oh, that sounds a bit morbid going to a graveyard and cleaning graves. Um, but it seems to make you, you really happy. And what, what do you think it is about that and the researching that brings you that feeling? You know what? I don't know, but it does bring me almost a euphoric feeling in a weird way. Um, I have always, since I was a small child, um, thought that it was really sad to walk, um, to see an old picture and not know who it was. You know, um, somebody's left behind in an antique store and, you know, pick, photographs are expensive. And, and I think the same thing of of the graves. And, you know, I don't like for people to be forgotten and I don't like for history to be forgotten. And I think it's very important for history to be told accurately. And sometimes we get a more accurate picture of things that happened when we look at individual stories and the individual stories are sometimes the most fascinating stories of all. I posted the video of a grave yesterday. It's a gentleman that I cleaned a World War I veteran. And 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event. So give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view. An endless field of wildflowers. Or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. He died in the local veterans hospital. Um, and he was just a janitor. That's all anybody ever knew of him. But he, he served with one of the most memorable and recognized black engineer units of World War One, And nobody would have known that about him if I or someone else hadn't taken the time to look him up and research him. And, you know, I just, I just think it's neat to have, have that tale out there in, in the present and honor it because, you know, he wasn't the only one a part of that. And it's important to learn what our past was so we can better understand how to move forward with our future. I love that story. Are there any other stories of, of graves that you've cleaned and then people that you found that have like stuck with you particularly? Um, well, there is um, the grave of uh, a former slave that um, I am very protective of. Uh, we have a historical home here in Bedford County called the Avenel. A family called the Burrells lived there during the Civil War. One of their daughters wrote, um, was never meant to be published. It was um, 
life on, you know, I forget what the title is, something life um, in a, uh, on a plantation in a time of war. Um, but they had three slaves um, who stayed on with them after emancipation. And one of them who uh, served as a housemaid and a cook is actually buried in their family plot in what was at the time uh, the whites only cemetery in, in our town. So um, I find her story pretty interesting because I imagine when she died, this is the you know late 1890s, so U.S.'s Jim Crow laws were really in full force, and I really imagine there had to have been a really big scandal about this family burying a Black woman in their family plot next to um, some of the more prominent members of our you know, town society. And there's a, there's an African-American cemetery where um, the African-Americans were typically buried, but not Miss Lucy. She's, she's over here with, with, you know, breaking norms and breaking cultural bounds, you know, at a time where, you know, this County was really, would really not have been okay with that. I don't think so. She's my favorite out of the the whole cemetery there so oh wow i love that and do you do you go back and clean her more often because she's your favorite yes i check on her every time i drive through the cemetery every time i just walk through and you know make sure that you know there's no dirt or bugs or anything on her yeah i I look after her but i'm like that with all of them in a weird way i'm just some i'm I'm able to get to more easily than others. So some are farther away. Yeah. I was going to say, do you always go to the same cemetery or do you travel? Most of the time, most of the time um, where I work in the town cemeteries in Bedford are, they're like my home. I'm I'm just comfortable there. And uh, I really like all the people that, that now stop and say hello to me and talk to me while I'm doing, doing my work. Uh, but I, I have gone around to other cemeteries, but people have asked me to clean um, other markers and I've cleaned a lot of my family in other places also. You said that there was a community. I was wondering about whether you'd any ever met any relatives whilst you're cleaning someone's marker or do people yeah, ask you to clean their families? Yes, they do. Um, usually it's uh, the older generation that's asking um, because they were raised more at a time where visiting the cemetery and, and tending graves was, you know, more of a tradition in families for them than it is for the younger generation. Um, They're just really receptive to it and they just, they're so appreciative and, I don't know. It it matters more to them. And what do your what do your family and your friends think of you doing this? Has their opinion changed over the time? You know, uh, I don't really know because I'm kind of estranged from my family, so um, I really have no idea what they think. Uh, I talked to a few cousins on Facebook, and they're they've been very supportive, but I don't know. I hope there's a you know, I've shared on Facebook and with friends. Um, this hobby for since I started doing it. And to be honest, most of them were not never really paid much attention. So I don't really know. <laughs> I think they like it. <laughs> they were like, that's just her thing. <laughs> yeah. They're like, uh, I think that's just weird. <laughs> but, um, and that's okay. And, and what about your children? Do they ever want to go with you or do they think it's just mom's weird hobby? Uh, my daughter loves to go with me. She did a, a science fair project on grave clean, gravestone cleaning um, for sixth grade. And um, 
she doesn't like to go with me as much now because she's afraid I'm going to put her in a video. <laughs> so um, <laughs> yeah, they, they usually like to go. They're just not so much into the whole cleaning aspect. And I think that's more because, you know, they're kids and they just don't want to clean anything. So, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I'd be the same as a kid. Right, yeah. right. Mom, why are you yeah. making me clean my room right. and a grave? <laughs> right. They just don't no, they just don't get it. They like the before and after. They like the excitement of of going viral, but you know, they're just like, no, have fun. We'll stay here. <laughs> and so when in the process did you decide to share this on social media? I was going to work one morning and, you know, it was still warm enough that I could clean before I went to work. So, and I had happened to just grab a cheap little handheld tripod out of my house before I, I took off. I'm like, well, let me see if I can set this up just to try something different. And I, I couldn't figure out how to work the thing. So I ended up like getting it angled all catty cornered. And I'm like, let me try the stone. And you know, I told you I liked going when the sun's rising. So it was just really pretty. The sun was hitting it just right. And it's all catty cornered. I'm like, well, let me just hit record. And I just got happened to get a two minute segment of me cleaning this, this stone. And I downloaded TikTok to, um, kind of keep an eye on my daughter, honestly. And I think a lot of us parents have done that now. <laughs> and um, it was like my fourth video and realized, oh, I can only upload a 60 second video. And it took me like 20 minutes to figure out how to speed it up. And when I did, and just I just put it up there. It was just a whim kind of thing. It wasn't something I thought too much about because like I said, I've been sharing on my Facebook page and, you know, just a handful of people because it's kind of weird. I think a lot of people think it's just kind of weird and it just went crazy. And I don't know. I, I really don't know why it was. And maybe it's the medium of TikTok. Maybe it's the six, maybe it's because it's filmed and not a still images, which is typically how people show it off is just by still images. But as I, as I started filming more, I realized like it, it's, it's the literal process that's, it's soothing. It's, it's, con it's a controllable thing too. I mean, we're, we're living in a time where people are telling us you can't leave your house. You can't, you know, you can't do anything fun. You can't, you know, visit your family, but this one thing I can control, I can, you know, remove this dirt. I can rinse it clean. I can keep it that way. And it, and it is a, a rejuvenation. It's something new and fresh. And you know, I, I understand it more now than I did, you know, a couple of months ago. And do you think there's something about that um, that helped you with the divorce as well? When there were so many things out of your control, you could control this one thing. Oh, yeah. I had so much happening to me that were actions of other people through my divorce just because so he wanted custody of the children. And I get it. Like, I get it. I, I wanted custody too. Um, but I had absolutely no control over someone picking up the phone and making false allegations against me. Um, but I did have to defend it every time it came my way. And the more I found a way to um, channel 
my thoughts because for me it was like my my brain just couldn't make sense of everything that was going on and when i would go to the cemetery and start cleaning i somehow was able to focus my thoughts and and think about them in a calm and rational way like the 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 simplicity of cleaning in and of itself that you know the sounds around me, the fact that there was absolutely no people around. So I didn't ever have to worry about um, someone approaching me or, you know, because I was at a state where I really believed and I was so mistrusting, like I didn't trust the police. I didn't, I didn't even want to check my mailbox. And to this day, like I, I still shake a little when I check my mailbox because I had so many court papers and just bogus filings thrown my way that to have something that was mine and in a safe place that no one like like it wasn't just not anyone I was felt like I was fighting against it was literally no one was there and and it just became my my peaceful place and I do believe that it it saved me from sinking into a really bad state of mind. That's such an amazing thing that you found it and that, you know, you're still doing it. And now you're a viral <laughs> sensation. Yes, they are. People are sharing your videos left, right and center. Do you get some... Do you get some nice messages from people as well? And have you encouraged a whole new community of gravestone cleaners? Uh, it seems like I have. And almost daily, I get a message that at least one message that moves me to tears. There's a lot of people out there who struggle with navigating the world as it is today. And um, then there's a lot of people who struggle with anxiety issues. Or um, I found that when I opened up about my divorce, um, then that a whole other group of people be, you know, related to me and what I was going through. And, you know, everybody, everybody needs something good and something positive. And it's really hard to say something negative about this. I think, um, I think that's really what it boils down to. Um, the messages are the best part to hear that, you know, I watch these over and over again. They calm me down. Um, you've inspired me. Uh, I, I needed something, you know, to do for myself. It's just a great feeling. You know, I, I, I can totally relate with setting up this podcast, actually, because it's called The Divorce Club and I was getting divorced. And it was a kind of selfish thing because I just I didn't know anyone else who was divorced, like among my friends or peer group. And I right. just wanted to talk to other people who are going through it. But now it's kind of turned into this kind of community. And like you, I get lots of messages saying, thank you for doing this. This has really helped me. So it's like, it's a selfish stroke, selfless conundrum. You're like, it makes me feel good and it helps other people. So I think that's okay. Um, I'm so glad you were able to find this and share it with the world. And I think even for me, watching your videos, there's, there's just something really nice and calming because I have anxiety about watching something get cleaned. And then also with the kind of little stories that you share, I laugh as well. And do you think if you, you know, if you were sitting face to face with you in that divorce stage where you, it was really difficult, you hadn't found this kind of pastime yet, 
and now at the other side where you're like this viral sensation and you know it's bringing you joy what would you say to past you I'm just thinking if anyone listening is going through that same place and they haven't found their thing yet, what would you, what would you say or what's some advice that you'd give? Just get up and do something. And that sounds really contrite in a way, but that's really all I did. Even when I felt like I couldn't do anything in the world, I got up and I did something. I, I started a load of laundry. I opened up my computer and tried to work on my family tree. I took a shower. I mean, because there becomes points when those things are sometimes the most insurmountable tasks when you're in the middle of, of that battle, because that's what a divorce is. It's, it's a battle. Um, the number one thing I would say is that just to stay strong. I mean, those, you're not alone and your worth is not measured by who you are as a parent or who you were as a spouse. And for me, I put so much of my worth and my identity and being a wife and a mother that losing that even just for a weekend was something that was either going to kill me or it was going to make me stronger. And um, so I think really it's, it's a personal choice. So I really don't know where I would have been or how things would have turned out, but I just kept putting one foot in front of the other. And eventually it led me to where I am today. There were some days that I felt like I was just, I just felt like I didn't breathe through the entire day. Uh, it's just a blur, but I also think that I carried it more heavily than I needed to. And I personalized it more than I needed to because I can also control how I reacted to it. And, you know, had I found something sooner, maybe I, maybe on my end, I could have done something to um, alleviate some of the dramatics that continued to occur. But now knowing that it still occurs, even no matter what I'm doing, you know, it's all in yourself. So, making sure that you take care of yourself, making sure that you keep getting up, doing what you got to do every day. Those are the most important things, even though they're the hardest. I think that's really good advice. And now that you're kind of, as I said, a viral sensation, stone cleaning um, and sharing your story, do you, do you remember a moment maybe more recently or, you know, after you got out of the courts that you thought, I'm going to be okay? This is all right. I think it was um, the moment that um, my grandfather died a year ago um, this month. And yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, that moment um, about a year ago this month, um, I, I went to Florida and I, I spent a week with him to say my goodbyes. Um, when I was able to pull myself away from him and not be angry with the world or hurt with the world and at peace with it, you know, it wasn't even something so much related to my divorce. Um, but I had lost a lot of time with my grandfather because of the divorce. When I was able to drive away and drive those 12 hours back to my house in Virginia and smile and be at peace with myself um, and with where I was going in life, uh, that's when I knew uh, I was going to be okay. 
because this was the most devastating loss I had experienced in my life. Um, so to be able to handle that with grace and, and dignity, and that's when I knew I'd healed quite a bit and um, really felt ready to take on the world at that point. Almost like I got a guardian angel on my side now. Like he is just helping me fly. So nice. I'm sure he is as well. I'm sure he's watching all your TikTok videos (laughs) and liking them and commenting from wherever he is. Um, That's so nice. And, And also, you know, thank you so much for your sharing your story and your honesty as well and and your resilience is really inspiring you know you've been through a lot and you've found a unique way of dealing with it which I love um and and I'm really glad I got to talk to you so thank you so much thank you I hope I didn't ramble too much (laughs) no that's perfect that is literally what a podcast is so okay great that's great um that's been so brilliant and where can people follow you on TikTok and see all your videos um they can follow me at Lady Tafos, Lady T-A-P-H-O-S. I'm sure they will. And um, I find them very soothing. So I will continue to follow you also. Um, Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it so much. Oh, hi. Thank you for listening to The Divorce Social with me, Samantha Baines. Please leave us a review. Please, please. Um, it would be super nice. They're lovely to read. They keep me cheery and happy and keep me going. Uh, but also it affects our listing, the podcast charts, uh, which are very important because that's how more people find the podcast. And I'd love to help more people get through those really tough heartbreak and divorce times. And they're more likely to find us if we're higher up on the charts. So if you'd like to leave a review, I'd love you forever. You can leave them on iTunes is the big one or most podcast platforms do them as well. I'll take all the reviews you've got to give. You can also uh, get in contact on Twitter and Instagram at DivorcePod and at Samantha Baines. We have a website, thedivorcesocial.com and we have a Patreon account, which means that you can support the podcast for as little as £2 a month and it helps me with all the admin costs. It also means you have access to our 90 style divorce and heartbreak chat room and there's lots of exclusives on there, little bits of audio that you don't get in the main podcast and some giveaways as well. So I'd love to see you over on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Samantha Baines and please leave a review. Did I say that already? Please leave a review. Love you forever.